You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me is Brian. Hey everybody. What's up? Uh, I am. You are up. That's true. That's true. <laughs> He's awake. And with us is uh, is a special guest. We have have with us uh, Brandon Smith. How you doing, Brandon? Doing all right. Good. Are good. you awake? I'm awake. You I'm are awake. awake. I'm Fantastic. Ready to roll. We are ready to roll. So, uh, Brandon is the co-host with our general editor for the Gospel Project, Trevor Wax, of the Word Matters podcast, which is fantastic, and we highly recommend you listen to that regularly. Um, he also works with the Christian Standard Bible here at Lifeway and is an editor for Holman, Holman Bibles. He is a pastor at his church, uh, City Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, he has multiple other things that he is doing, um, and most importantly, of all of those, aside from being a pastor, and um, a pastor is, uh, he is a great husband and dad. That's right. You try. I tried to be a great husband and dad. You try. I think you do a pretty good job. I'm okay. Yeah. Could be better. I mean, could be worse. I've seen worse. Your kids sure. are small too, so they it's are. it's yeah. easy to win with small kids. It is. That's true. Yeah. That's fair point. My oldest is 11 now. Yeah. It's still kind of easy for me to win with her. Well, my four year old thinks she's 14, so that's mm, been the fun part. But yeah, yeah, she's uh, well, no longer a three nager. No, but uh, she's now a four. Nature. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have quite the same yeah. dad jokey she's ring the, she's to it. The best, no, no. So, um, so recently you were on the on the podcast with us. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, just on our previous episode, um, and we were talking about a book that is, of the Bible that's near and dear to your heart, which is the Book of Revelation. Yeah. And um, today we are going to pick up that conversation, and we are going to um, explore another issue with the book of, of Revelation and specifically how does this um, how does this help us better live in light of the gospel and and how do we understand it in, in light of, of, of the gospel mm-hmm. and that is the seven letters to the seven churches so um, can you give us uh, just the big pic- first give us the big picture of of that, I mean, we're it's too long a section of scripture for us to for us to read mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Revelations two and three. Yeah, it's, it's the plural. It's, there. it's two full yeah. chapters. Yeah. Did that for yeah. Brandon? Uh-huh. Yeah, Thank that's you. right. Thank you. Um, but um, throughout, really throughout history, people have understood the these letters, even not just the Book of Revelation, but the the but these specific chapters, very differently, yeah. um, and and had different kinds of interpretations of them. Uh, can you can you break down a couple of those and and tell us in your opinion which which one makes the most sense to you? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a couple of different views. I mean, if you're if you're a kind of a quote unquote futurist, which I think a lot of of evangelicals are today, partially because of the Left Behind series and some uh, dispensational teaching, the Schofield Study Bible, which is the biggest study Bible of probably the 20th century, mm-hmm. uh, take a futurist uh, position, which basically is, basically Revelation 4 through 22 are all future events. Right. And Revelation 1 to 3 is kind of mod, you know, current. So yeah. they would say that the churches were real churches, there were real letters to them, but then once you get to 4 and onward, all those visions or that part of the vision uh, are future. That all happens sometime in the distant past, probably beyond us, or some people would say 
is starting to happen now, you know, based on if they think that a, um, you know, a locust is a black hawk yeah. or not black, what's it called? Yeah, uh, black hawk helicopter. Yeah, black hawk helicopter. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, so there's that view. There's, there's the, um, one of the other popular views throughout church history has been that uh, the seven churches are representative of all churches of all eras, basically of all times. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are really the two main views. I, I tend to lean toward the second. Okay, the the yeah. latter view, um, at, at some level, although uh, I would say primarily the, the the letters are meant to be read to those churches in that yeah. time. Yes. So I don't want to say, I don't want to go too far and say they don't really mean anything for anybody then. It's just sort of for all of us yeah. all the time. They I were literal churches in yeah, that Yeah, they day. were real churches. Yeah. In re- you, you know that by the fact that uh, John uses illustrations from those cities. Yeah. Right. Yep. So La- Laodicea talks about the water that comes through. Well, that's a historical um, aspect of Laodicea. Um, Smyrna, he talks about the synagogue of Satan. There's some some references to, um, or at least some allusions to, like a Roman temple or some sort of persecution from Romans. Yeah, uh, which Smyrna had the largest Roman temple in the in the empire at the time. So you, there's clearly historical things being said there to that church. Yeah, uh, but also you know the thing that the thing that John really does uh, throughout with uh, whether it's judgments, whether it's the churches, whether it's he's talking about uh, spirits and and uh, lampstands. He's always using the, the number seven over and over again. There's kind of a cycle that he uses of, of sevens. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, I think he uses seven, a lot like the Bible does, of a number for completion or perfection. Uh, so in that sense, I think clearly it's for all the churches maybe in that region and for all churches all time. Yeah. I think he's saying that this is a this is a type of cycle, completion, perfection of the churches of God. Right. Um, but it's still to those particular churches first. Yeah. Uh, probably a letter like that would have been like a circular letter, which would have been read to all the churches. So all the churches would have heard the message to all the other churches, which still gives the indication that, hey, this is for everybody. You know, even though I'm talking about Laodicea and I'm in Ephesus, this is still for everybody. Um, so I think that's the best way to understand them, that they are for a church in that time. We always have to remember that scripture, even revelation, is written to a particular audience in a particular time in a way that they can understand, even though it applies to us later. Yeah. Um, so revelation has this, this cycle of seven. It's a meaningful number for John, uh, obviously. So so again, I say it's meant for those churches, but also for all churches, all time. We can all which, learn from it. Which follows the pattern of the New Testament. I mean, Paul's yeah. epistles the same way. First Corinthians, for example, as we know, had issues very specific to the church at Corinth. That, yep. that Paul was writing to them because they had to deal with those things. But we know that there is so much that we need to glean from First yep. Corinthians. It's a letter that is applicable to us. And yeah, and yeah so I love these these letters in, in Revelation 2 and 3. And each one, I, I believe, ends with that plural as well, to, to the church is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a, as a so clue. That's what the says to the church yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. That it's yeah. not just a message for Ephesus or Smyrna right. or whatever. Yeah, um, I you know I think one of the things that is is just as an aside is really really helpful that we've we've hit a, um, a couple of times now, both um, both in the immediate conversation we're having, but also in the one that we had in our last episode together is is really that we we have to be careful that we don't treat the Book of Revelation as a separate kind of book. Um, from the rest of Scripture, in a certain sense, so right. yes, it is. A, it's a very unique style, genre of, yeah, of yeah. book in the in the Bible. But you know, as both of you have said um, here, we we can follow the same the same standard methods of interpretation yeah. throughout yeah. most of it. Yeah. Um, that that we would to any other book, and yeah. so we we don't need to treat this book with kids' gloves and and treat it as though it's it's some kind of weird mystery yeah. for the rest of us. Yeah. We can actually like God wants us to know this book. Yeah, yeah. I said it last time. Even I mean, there yeah. is definitely a lot of mystery there just because yeah. of the symbolism and stuff. But even again, even 
even John says in Revelation 13 about 666, the thing that everybody can't figure out, he says, you should be able yeah. to know what this is. Sure. So even John is saying, look, this is, I'm not trying to confuse you. I'm not trying to fool you here. If you have ears to hear, you will know yeah. what this is. And I yeah. love, in, in chapter one, we even, he explained one of the symbols. Um, and, and to mm-hmm. me, that, that's, that's the Holy Spirit's way interpreting the book of Revelation of saying, hey guys, this, this, is, this is not supposed to be a mystery. I, yeah. This is not supposed to be something that you approach and say, I'll never get this. Um, and I think that's one of those ways of saying, no, no, no. The, the design here is for you to understand yeah. and, and more importantly, let this book frame your understanding as we talked about last time. And if you know your Old hope. Testament, you'll understand a lot more of yeah. Revelation because it is probably the most Old Testament filled book in the Bible. Yeah. Well, aside from the Old Testament. I was going to say, <laughs> the, Bible, the book in the 39 Old. first ones. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's Genesis about. Genesis had nothing on Revelation. That's right. Yeah. It's, That's right. it's about every verse. There's some kind of allusion to the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know your Old Testament, Revelation's a lot less confusing. Right. right Which that. is probably why people have such a hard time with Revelation. Yeah, because probably, we are, yeah, are a well, we do inadequate in our Old Testament yeah, understanding. We have a tendency to, we have a tendency to chuck that, yeah. uh, that. And to that be fair, especially, you know, as you mentioned last, time the images that he pulls from the prophets and so forth yeah. and those are where we're weakest as as people of the word so yeah i don't we know the man, old testament I, and revelation you, you i mean that's all the old testament basically revelation yeah. is the old new testament yeah well, <laughs> or the kinda, new yeah. the new old testament yeah well i mean that's a good it's, point it's kind of like new coke and then coke classic no no it's oh. no which one's new coke the old testament? no it's kind of insulting no but I see what you did there because it's like, yeah. But see, then they went back to the classic. Yeah, because Coke Classic was the old, but they went original. back to the classic. So that's yeah. actually a good thing, right? Yeah, but it's then new, you but just then it's old but again. see, here's where your analogy breaks down: is, is you just insult the word of God by calling it New Coke. And new Coke is, was was and is terrible. Even Canadians know that, Brian. Absolutely. I mean, come on. That <laughs> news right, made repent. it up north in 1997. I'm gonna go put sackcloth and, and ashes on. I'll be back. Do you, guys, right. do you guys still drink clear Pepsi up there, though? Surely, listen to the Beatles. Like, are you guys caught up on any other new news? <laughs> are the Beatles still a rocking pop stars? Like, the uh, boy band no, or? we okay. just uh, no. The 80s hit in the mid 90s, and um, <laughs> oh, so you're evangelicals, is what you are. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. pretty much. Um, <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think grunge just came in. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah, you're just like a Southern Baptist church. Catch up about 10 years too late. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> except for on social social and moral issues, and then we'll just not even touch that. Mm. Ooh, this is not the politics po- uh, no, this is not. podcast, everybody. Um, <laughs> this is the trying to make our guests laugh. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, all right. So... Um, so let's think about think about these these letters specifically. So what can we glean from? Because they're filled with both uh, commendation and condemnation. Mm-hmm. To with um, most of them a mix of both. A couple where the where the recipients are only receiving one or the other, yeah. mm-hmm. which is also very interesting. So how um, what can we glean from these? Um, um, as we strive to be gospel centered. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we touched on the first point, which is that we can apply them to our own churches. So yep. don't think that it doesn't apply to your church just because it's written to the church in yeah. Smyrna or yep. whatever. Because um, again, even if you're in the church of Smyrna, you're still hearing about the other churches and you're still being warned to listen. So it's the same for us. Yeah. Uh, so part of it is that the application is simply that we should look at it and say, you know, where, how is my church failing in this area? Yeah. Don't read them separately, but read them together and go, where are the areas that I'm that our church is failing? Where are the areas that we need to be strengthened? Where are yeah. the things that we're doing well? Where are the things that, that Jesus is commending us for and we should be in, encouraged by? Because if you look at 
the letters in particular, but Revelation in general, you know, John's really concerned all through Revelation with power, pride, uh, sexual immorality, greed. That's something that he's, he's hitting on over and over again, basically because the Roman Empire, much like American culture, uh, was very consumed with status and following the political views of the day and uh, wanting to um, kind of have an instant gratification for whatever sin that, or temptation that you give into uh, that we're not any different than they are when it comes to that. I mean, we're very much the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they had a particular temple to a sex goddess, but ours is the internet, pornography, TV, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, it all translates in so many different ways. Uh, so he has those condemnations. It's typically you're, you want power, you want status, you want comfort, uh, you want instant gratification. Uh, but he's always commending them on the other side uh, for saying, look, you need to be humble. You know, the kingdom is about humility. The kingdom is about suffering, right? In the letter to Smyrna, he says, be faithful unto death, and then I will give you the crown of life. He's basically telling them, look, life is not having a long life. It's yeah. not having money. It's not having power. It's not having status. It's not having comfort. Uh, it's death. You know, so yeah. if you really want life, if you really want uh, truly what God's life is for you, that means you might be beheaded tomorrow. And these, and these churches are really facing, seriously facing that potential, whereas mm-hmm. we're not. Uh, so even if you look at them and say, man, they, they might have been beheaded and Jesus is telling them that, how much more does it apply to us when we're facing much less persecution, much less yeah. uh, concerns with, with than they were? The other thing that he, really, that he focuses on on condemnation and, and commendation is there are churches who are given a lot of credit for having good theology. They'll say, hey, you, you passed down the gospel mm-hmm. rightly. You've rejected mm-hmm. the Nicolaitans, you know, a heretical group, uh, but you forgot your first love. You yeah. forgot, you know, or he'll say, you guys have great works, but you keep letting these people come into, <laughs> come yeah. into your church and teach the wrong thing. So the other thing is you cannot separate your doctrine and your life. Yeah. Um, you cannot have those two things apart. And he constantly is going back and forth on those things, Jesus says to these churches, uh, saying, look, you got to have both. you got to believe the gospel rightly, but you've got to live it out rightly, too. And if you don't have one without the other, um, you might be judged. You're the one that you're the ones that I'm talking to. If you if you say, oh yeah, I'm you know Mormons, they're not you know they don't teach the same gospel we do. That's great. But if you don't love your neighbor, yeah, okay, you know. So I think that's that, those are the type of things that really apply to us very clearly today. That are literally no different and won't be different two thousand years from now if Jesus doesn't yeah. come back first. And I think that last one, Brandon, it's really timely today because I I I see that I see that you have. On one side, you have the the theological snobbery at times yeah. of people who are so um, so intent on parsing every single nuance of theology, and we should be doing that. We know that doctrine matters, but they stop there, yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 they are not living lives that are expressing the beauty of the gospel, the the humility that you talked about, love, and so forth. And then you've got also the other error, maybe an a, an overreaction to that mm-hmm. of of people who. I don't really get into doctrine and theology. Yeah, it's yeah. it's too academic yeah. and so far. I just want to love people. Yeah. You know, I just want to I just I want to be divide. a church. I don't want to yeah. divide people. Yeah, I don't want to divide people. Yeah. I just want to be a church that, that welcomes people and loves people and, and you see the error in both of those camps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um You guys did you guys just took all that up. That's good. Do we steal your thunder or do we stymie you? You had something? I had something and I lost it. Don't edit that out. I want people to know that you are speechless. Oh no, we're not editing that out. No, we don't edit anything out. Okay, that's good. Nope. Nothing. While he tries to recover himself (laughs) over there. I I also think I really, and I I don't think this, I know this, I I really appreciate the the plurality of the message here. It's it's such an important reminder that it's not just about us, that we are part of the community of faith called the church. And uh, as we see today, especially that it's so common for people to to claim, I love 
Jesus, but I can't stand the church. Yeah. You know, I just want to worship, do my own thing. Your church is full of hypocrites. And we're reminded here once again, no, these are letters written to a church in general. And the church as a whole is commended and the church as a whole is condemned for the yeah. most part. Yeah. And it's just a reminder that we're part of this community of faith and we need to be, and we need to be yeah. cognizant of that and we need to be part of um, our local churches. Yeah, we can read, you know, you can read Revelation 2 to 3 the same way uh, you read Hebrews 11. You know, we have this, uh, Hebrews 11 and 12, we have this great cloud of witnesses. Here's all these people that went before us that screwed up and that yeah. did the right thing, but ultimately their faith in Christ is what helped them conquer. That's exactly the point that John yeah. is making in Revelation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and and on that, on that point that... Uh, that uh, you've been making, um, just the fact that we have a tendency, just just like how we divorce community, like community from our personal faith. Yeah. Um, we 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 make this false dichotomy out of theology and and works, and that our our the things that we do are the result of our theology. They're the expression of yeah. them, and so how we behave. Um, should reflect what we believe. Our doctrine is devotional, yeah. as you might say. It, yeah. it may be. It yeah. may be. Um, there we go. We could plug. We could pl- plug a resource. I just plug your so, resource. You know, yeah. thank you for that's that. That's why Brandon Smith is that. our favorite guest. On- <laughs> that's true. That's true. And you can get that at gospelproject.com/slash/doctrine-book. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you, Brandon. I, I appreciate you. Um, all right, so. There's the, at the end of these letters, um, each one ends with a, a very common refrain. Um, they all they all start with uh, "to the one who conquers" um, in the in the CSB translation. Hmm. Um, so, in in light of all of these warnings and encouragements that are in each letter, they end with these words. And so, how do we best understand this? Yeah. Well, Jesus ties this conquering to listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He says, you know, if you have ears to hear the Holy Spirit, what spirit mm-hmm. says to the churches? Uh, and so, first of all, I'd say, you know, Jesus is tying his work to the work of the Holy Spirit, which is something you see throughout the New Testament, right? Jesus says, I'm going to send you the Spirit. He's going to remind you of my words. He's going to be God dwelling in you. Uh, so, right away, you see that this is, again, tied in with the rest of the Scripture. There's yeah. not anything different here. Jesus is saying, I've sent you the Spirit to help you conquer, to help you be faithful. Yeah. Uh, conquering here really is just faithful. <clears throat> Being faithful is how you conquer. Yep. And the conquering is eternal with God, right? He says to the church in Smyrna, um, I just preached on that recently, so that's one that keeps sticking in my head, but you know, the church in Smyrna, he says uh, basically that, that if you conquer, you'll avoid the second death. What is the second death? That's the lake of fire, eternal yeah. separation from God. So conquering clearly means eternal life with God, spending forever with God. And how do you do that? You do that by listening to the Spirit, right? And how do you listen to the Spirit? You read the Word, you pray, you yeah. are in community with other people who the Spirit is also working through. Uh, so the idea of conquering, conquering is directly tied to that faithfulness, to being faithful to Christ, to following Him, to being obedient to what He calls you to do, to being uh, sensitive to what the Spirit is saying. Not some magical, the Spirit's yeah. telling you everything word for word, but rather you're in a community, you're in the Word, you're in prayer, and you're allowing the Spirit to work uh, in your life. That's how you conquer. But the only way you can do that is through Christ and the Spirit. Yeah. yeah, and I think that last part is so key that, you know, we can read that and think, all right, it's all on me. Um, conquering is up to me that right. I, I need to do this. But no, we take a step back and, and think, no, we conquer in light of the one who's gone before us mm-hmm. and conquered first. Right. We, we are following Christ. And because he has conquered, that gives us the ability to conquer. And with the powering of the Holy Spirit, we will. Yeah. Conquer. We will persevere. Yeah, he, he says that, you know, he says in one of the letters, um, you know, if you deny me, 
uh, I'll deny you at the judgment day. Well, he says that in the Gospels too. Yeah. And it's not him saying, well, if you don't work hard enough, I'm not going to you know, tell God that you were good. It's rather the only way that you're going to yeah. have any hope is to be tied to me. Yeah. If you're denying yeah. me, what, what do you want me to do? You know, the, the whole point is that you're tied to believing in my work, to believing what I've said and what I've done for you. And so he tells the church in Revelation that very clearly. And again, I love that he ties it to the Holy Spirit, that he's yeah. not saying this is something in the past, but something that you are actively doing. You're actively listening to the Spirit. And he ties it to churches. I mean, he says yeah. this is to the churches. When he says you, he means y'all, you know, yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in Texas or Tennessee terms. You know, he says, <laughs> I'm talking to you guys, you, you as a church, you're the ch- you as a local church, you as a group of churches, you're the ones that are being either condemned or commended because of your faith together, because of how you're living in community, because of how you're preaching the gospel, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's even less individualistic in that sense yeah. that you actually start looking at your entire church and go, where are the, where are the things in my church? Uh, plural that are bringing this stuff out. I think yeah. about Paul in First Corinthians where he says, "Hey, this guy's sleeping with his mother-in-law, and you guys are all sitting around watching." You know, he's 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 not saying that you know one of you have done this and that. He's saying you guys are all responsible yeah. for the sin in this church, and you're doing nothing about it. Yeah. So again, it goes back to the corporate. How's the spirit speaking through the churches? How is the church being commended? How is it being uh, condemned based on based on the life that it lives? This awkward pause brought to you by Aaron <laughs> no, Armstrong. No, 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 no. Aaron Armstrong, the author of anyway. Uh, Brandon, I really appreciate you uh, spending this time with with us, and uh, really enjoyed these conversations. Hope that you have enjoyed it, and I know the, our, our listeners will really in, uh, appreciate what you have had to share. And uh, and I, I just got to put this shameless plug in as well. I, I just really appreciate those four sessions that you wrote on the book of Revelation in the Gospel Project, oh, the mm-hmm. volume 12 um, content that's summer 2018. And we've, we've hit on several things. I remember yeah. working on those sessions. We've hit on several ideas. And I just want to encourage anybody who uh, wants to kind of dive a little bit more deeply into this, consider consider getting that yeah. um, and looking through those. Those are some just really helpful sessions on on the book of Revelation. So really appreciate you being here. Uh, Thank you for listening. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.